0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. As usual, this is a verse-by-verse episode with none other than Dr. R.B. Maynard. Do you need a doctor? Have you been to the doctor lately? Well, now you're going to go today to Dr. R.B. Maynard. How are you, sir? Yeah. Don't call in with your yeah. uh, ailments <laughs> and ask me to help you. So, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, uh-huh. Dr. R.B. Maynard. Yep, yep. Not so. necessarily in that order, either. Well, we were talking about dating before the show started here, uh-huh. Dr. R.B. <laughs> those days are, well, no, not long long gone for me, uh-huh. Dr. R.B. Maynard, but not for you. Three so. days,
1: or three three years <laughs> passed for
0: me. So, so yeah. He probably still has that Christian Mingle account active, you know, and forgot to uh, I don't log out and turn it on. I don't think that's there, but... <laughs> Anyway, the whole point is you might be, you, maybe you've listened to our show and it's kind of like you're dating, but it's, it's time to commit to the grace point daily podcast, right? Commit right. to listening each and every week. That's where I'm getting to. And then secondly, Dr. RB Maynard, I haven't really expressed this to you, but my guy, LeBron James mm-hmm. championship number four, mm-hmm. LA Lakers championship number 17 yeah. tied with the Boston Celtics all time. Yeah. it's a good week. Yeah. Good week for me. Good week for you. I don't <laughs> care. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> So, Steph Curry's been sitting at home for quite a long time now. He has. I don't know if he can come back or not. You've been sitting on the shelf for a while, those guys, so see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll but see. Uh, far much more exciting and better than all that stuff is the Word, the yes. Word of God, the Bible, which we're going to get into, First Kings chapter 18.
1: Chapter 18, verse 43. This is, uh, again, following the, the prophets of Baal that have all been killed, and, and of course, that was all about rain. There had been a famine, and so they're begging for rain. Uh, and so verse 43 and 44 says, this is Elijah, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went at, went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So this is you know you could ask that question it seems like if you're using this as a as a prayer time or whatever it's like begging God almost I mean go back seven times and you know the servant must have thought there's nothing there you know why go back mm-hmm. it's kind of like why would I go get prayed for again yeah. I've already been <laughs> prayed for seven times and uh, so it's that same principle but it's like just go back and look again go back and look again and then uh, you know there's always that question was it a a cloud actually the size of a man's fist or hand they say or was it uh, a perspective in other words if you uh, were to go out and there's some cloud off in the distance and your hand is up close Mm -hmm. if you put your hand up you could cover that cloud that maybe is miles wide so uh, there's a thing about perspective there and i always tell the story about perspective with uh, the the kids in school and the teacher gives them an assignment to go out in their backyard and count the stars. And so they come back the next day, and she says uh, to one of the kids, well, how many stars did you count? She said, I counted 10,000 stars. And she said, man, that's, that's really good. So she goes out and asks the other little girl, did you go out in your backyard and count stars? Yeah. And she said, how many stars did you count? 500. And she said, how is it that you counted 500? And she counted 10,000. And she said, her backyard must be bigger yeah so so it's perspective sometimes so less less
0: light pollution
1: yeah yeah so i don't know how you know how it was whether it was a a big cloud in the distance but um but elijah has said there's a sound of a heavy rain so somehow i don't know if it's thundering in the distance and he can hear it, but apparently nobody else can hear what's going on you know maybe god gave him a exceptional hearing to to know that something was coming and Elijah you know knowing who Elijah is he probably knows hey I prayed it's going to happen mm-hmm. and just and you know some of the healing ministers you've been around long enough maybe to see some of the I don't know what to say the circus theatrical, right <laughs> right I mean I've you know I've heard people say uh, well go do this or or just just yeah. lift your hand that you couldn't lift before or you know and i've heard all the scams and yeah. and
0: the, the i the only one i've ever been really skeptical of not even the gold dust i don't mind the gold dust mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of gold dust here and there the one i was at in mexico at a revival and everyone uh, the the van just was everyone had a shorter leg than the other leg You've oh, seen that one before, right. yes. Like you know, yep. it was a centimeter shorter, and then mm-hmm. oh, whoa, oh, oh yeah. there it is. Yep, yeah. yep. I know, I know. There's, uh, <laughs> there's every person. It wasn't just like I, I get if like right. Hey, you got a right. shorter leg. He's you know, we yep. all deal with different physical issues, ailments, but mm-hmm. everyone had a shorter leg than the mm-hmm. other leg. Well, I've always, I've and
1: I and I'm not making fun, but uh, you know, in the area of of healing, I've heard uh, preachers stand up and preach that you know God wants you to be divine health not one thing wrong your body should be perfect you know all of those kind of things and they're wearing glasses mm-hmm. so it's like i guess god can heal everything but your eyes yeah. or you know and i don't mean to be it's i'm called not saying that a healing old. <laughs> yeah i'm not saying that a healing evangelist can't wear glasses or he's not legitimate i don't mean that but but if you're going to proclaim something so adamant then, you know, your life, you better be in perfect health if you're going to talk. So we're not talking about healing necessarily. We're just talking about that repetitive coming back. Go look again to see this. So 45 and 46 says, Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. This is 16 miles. So it's not like, you know, it's just down the pathway a little bit, and he was able to outrun a, a chariot of horse, with horses. I mean, this is a miraculous. I mean, can you imagine? I, I just think about Ahab riding along in his chariot, and he tells him to hurry up and get out of there because it's going to rain. So I imagine he's going at a pretty good clip, and all of a sudden he looks down, and Elijah passes him mm-hmm. running down the road. Now that I mean, it'd be like driving your car down the road, and all of a sudden, some guy goes flying by, just running. Yeah, I mean, Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah, Captain I mean, America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Black yeah. Panther, miraculous power from God. We know those are God, godly blessed men. But anyway, sixteen miles. So it's a. I mean, it's not a little sprint. I mean, this no. is a
0: marathon kind of thing. Yeah, between a half and a full, a full mm-hmm. right? Between the, in the middle yeah so maybe uh, it was (laughs) kenyan
1: yeah they always they always win it all it seems like so but uh, you know all of this from a cloud the size of a man's hand so again if you were talking about this in the miraculous sense which it is miraculous Mm -hmm. but if you're looking at that it all comes from something that seems so small you know a prayer that um you didn't use all the big fancy words you didn't pray for an hour for someone's healing You just say, um, "Be healed," and they're healed. I mean, those kind of things. We think that the length of our prayers, yeah, the intensity of our (laughs) prayers. You know, I've seen someone with a with a busting headache, and somebody just walked by and lay their hand on them and never, you know, and just say Mm -hmm. Jesus, and they were healed. I mean, so it's it's not all about the theatrics or whatever. But this all came from something. Very small, and this and Elijah's running this—not race necessarily, but he's passing this guy. Elijah's not a young guy. I mean, we don't have what his age is here, but and not only that, he's not like these guys with these body suits that run. And, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, he's tucking his robe up into his belt so that it frees up his his uh, legs to run. So anyway, it's—I mean—it is quite the the miracle that happens here. So uh, chapter nineteen. Nineteen one, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. So uh, he's probably there telling her the story, telling her the, the details of everything that's happened. And, you know, she probably could have said, why didn't you kill him? Because that's what she really wanted. You know, why did you let him, you know, go through all this process when all you had to do was, was shooting? You know, it's kind of like, I always kind of laugh in the movies where um you know they have somebody at gunpoint <laughs> yeah. and then they leave them there and they say now you know kill the guy when i'm gone and then they mess around mess around and then why finally the guy escapes and it's like right. all it took was a split second <laughs> yeah. to shoot him and it would all be over but <laughs> or um, i'm i'm going to shoot you on the count of three yeah <laughs> yeah and then um, something happens i don't know it's just anyway it's crazy but she could have been asking i mean why why didn't you kill him? and and we know Ahab is henpecked. <laughs> I mean, he's a guy. He's scared to death of Jezebel. Scared to death of his own wife. You know, r- reminds me of you a lot. Yeah. Yes. Know? I mean, yeah. you do what <laughs> Rachel says to do. I I get that. Yeah. So so for those of you out there that know, that would be a good example for you to follow. So nineteen two. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, "May the gods deal with me." be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make you like one of them. So she's swearing, of course, by, uh, by her gods. And she's just heard this miraculous story. And I I guess we can look at this, we can say, how can people be like that? But, you know, it is with, with YouTube and everything that we have today, we can see those instances where you can tell somebody the facts of the way things are and they'll say, well, I just don't believe that. And it's like, how can you, I mean, I'm showing you mm-hmm. this, whatever it is, I'm showing you that this person actually said this, because here's the recording and all that. <laughs> well, I just don't, I think that's out of context, or I think that's, you know. And so Jezebel, after hearing everything, you thought she would have been afraid, Yeah, really, of, of what Elijah could do to her. But instead, she's swearing by the very God Baal. Mm-hmm. She's swearing by Baal that if by this time tomorrow you're not dead, you know, may may you take my life if I don't take your life, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean she's so she's still trusting in Baal. Uh she's just basically, Well you you know, you haven't proven anything to me. <laughs> I mean, how could you kill four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal mm-hmm. after they had just been through and Ahab was there watching all of this if they've been through what they've been through and she still is serving bail yeah and and part of the issue probably is you know for her if she's looking at her god baal and probably thinking well that's that doesn't mean that your god's greater because that just means that that the those 450 prophets were martyrs for their god so it still makes bale seem like he's something great and these guys just showed their faithfulness by being martyred for the cause so in her eyes she could be thinking well this just makes bale look better because now people are willing to die for bale mm-hmm. so it's it things can get just get twisted in all kinds of different ways but um <coughs> excuse me and did she not know who he was you know had she not heard the stories He's a prophet of God. He's a hero in people's eyes. At Cherith, he provided water and food by, or he was provided water and food by the uh, ravens that we've talked about before. He raised a boy from the dead. He called down fire from heaven. I mean, all of these things that he had done, and you would think, and again, we've said this before, under the circumstances, you would think that Elijah would be so full of faith. Because of all these things <laughs> that he has seen, you would think that there would be nothing that could intimidate him in mm-hmm. these circumstances, Yeah, but he's about to be running for his life. I mean, it's just, and we can say it's amazing, but I've always said our faith is only as big as our last miracle, because we, we tend to forget. I mean, I'm sure you saw miracles with uh, Gabrielle, but... There's probably been times since then that you've prayed and felt like God wasn't mm-hmm. answering, or uh, you know, f- you you tend to forget. I mean, if something would have happened right after that miracle, while yeah. your while your faith is fresh, yeah, then it's easy to believe for the next miracle. But when it's been, how old is she? Fifteen, sixteen,
0: going on seventeen. She's going on seventeen
1: oh, in goodness. December. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I wish I was going yeah. on 17. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 17 years ago, that was fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. and your faith is is built. But 17 years later, when something happens, you have to almost make yourself sometimes go back and remember, okay, mm-hmm. I remember what God did back then. God yeah. can still do miracles, and you have to remind yourself because it's not fresh in your mind. Yeah, And so even with these great miracles that he's seen, you know, it's been a little while, a few days probably is all it's been for him, and he begins to lose heart. It says, uh, nineteen, three, and 4, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree where he sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. <laughs> I mean, this is after all those things we just mentioned, all the miracles that he had seen. He's a prophet of God. God has probably spoken to him with an audible voice, and now he runs for his life from a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even Ahab, really. He's running. She. He's running from Jezebel. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying <laughs> don't. Yeah. don't uh, we don't want your phone calls. That I'm trying to say, women are you know can't be intimidating. Yeah. Again look at your wife i mean pastor rachel and the way she intimidates you that i mean just look at the yeah I mean, the facts are right before us here so um but take my i'm no better than my ancestors i mean he he has forgotten all of those things himself that he has just uh seen happen in his very recent uh past that he's seen all those miracles it hasn't mm-hmm. been 17 years so yeah.
0: the last miracle or whatever. Well, and I, I'd even just pause to say this is that the older I get, the more believable the Bible is. And what I mean right. from that perspective is well, what we're talking about right now is like uh, him in this moment of, oh, man, I just want to die. Oh, my goodness. Like, man, I've, I've been there in ministry before mm-hmm. where like you've you've gone through battles right. and been in it for a while. And then but you still have the days where like, oh, I'm scared. I, I you mm-hmm. know, I don't want to do this anymore or lack faith you know like i mean it's very minimal Uh, one thing our church right now we're at heavens gates and hell's flames and we're going to do the remodel project and and as a pastor i'm very in some minutes in the day Mm -hmm. or moments i i get worried about that i'm like oh man what if this isn't good like i don't know know. and it's like oh yeah come on jeremiah you know you just gotta slap yourself a little bit but it's just a natural process that we go through that we continue to go through Mm -hmm. as great as the um uh, you know the bat that you're talking about, LeBron James. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. true great players. You know, they, they win one championship, and uh, well, the, you know, the day after that, feeling's already right. gone from the great right. victory, and now it's like, oh, no, I want another one. You know, or mm-hmm. just it's just a hu- human, it's a human thing, right? Right, Even and we in our forget faith.
1: we forget the people are human. <laughs> I mean, we think that yeah. those great people of God that have seen the miracles and maybe had the healings in their own life and. All of those, we we just forget that they are still human and, and all of the emotions and all of those things. I mean, that is the very reason that, that Jesus came because he had those feelings too. He knows mm-hmm. when you have that feeling, he, I, I think Jesus, I, I mean, you know, who knows how things are, but, but if he sits around and it's like, yeah, I get it, Jeremiah. Yeah. You know, I, I've had my moments. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to bring yourself back to reality and realize who God is. But the thing is, we forget, too, that that when you're the person going through whatever it is, sickness, um, depression, discouragement, whatever it is, when you're going through that, it's very hard. I've I always said, I need people to pray for me because lots of times I can't pray for myself. I'm going through that time of of unbelief or whatever it may be in my life, or I'm... You know, I've talked to people with the the coronavirus and, and different things that are like, man, I am so sick, and I'm in bed, and I can't, you know. I, you know, I've been really sick before, and when I'm really sick, I can't get on my knees next to the bed and just cry out to the Lord for, because I'm just too sick to think about anything mm-hmm. but feeling better. That's yeah. all that's on my mind. Every moment I wake, I want to feel better. And so... That's why I mean that's really why we need people praying for us because of the fact that I can't pray for myself sometimes. I can, I don't know I don't have the words. I don't have the uh, well, I'm I'm human. Yep. And so um <laughs> you know I this is a a phrase I don't even know who this quote is but it says um if if you br- you will break the bow if you keep it always bent. If you're always we're talking about Elijah here is tired mm-hmm. that's what this is all about he's burned out and i th- I think this if if I were going to preach a sermon about uh, pastor appreciation about things like that it, you have to talk about the the idea of burnout that's why um, they talk about sabbaticals mm-hmm. right, you know, right I think the <laughs> suggestion is every five to seven years or something that a pastor needs a sabbatical I don't think there's a you know it has to be this many days right. or whatever, but he needs a break and a refreshing time because I don't care I don't care how big the church is. yeah, you're on duty twenty four hours a day. and people don't they think, well, you know, I mean, we pay him, but he only comes you know the old joke <laughs> is you only have yeah. to preach maybe three times, maybe three times a week, Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Then if you have somebody else preach, then it's two times or one time. or So, well, what's the big deal with that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they don't realize. I, I use the example. When I was a paramedic, I worked a 24-hour shift. And there were times that I got to sleep all night. We didn't have a call. Mm-hmm. And, and we could. I mean, it wasn't like I was you know cheating the system by yeah. taking a nap <laughs> or something. I mean, that was right. part of it. But I, and I didn't make much money per hour. And people would make that statement. Well, yeah, but you got to sleep. You get to sleep all night. Yeah. Well, that's true. But you know what? (laughs) In the back of my mind, if you're the guy who's having a heart attack at three o'clock in the morning, I'm the guy who's got to get out of bed and come out there. So I'm worth a ton of money Mm -hmm. to you if I'm the guy coming to save your life. And so it's the same thing with a with a pastor. You're on call 24 hours a day. And you may or may not get a phone call in the middle of the night. But it's about, you know, the fatigue sometimes is not about physical fatigue. I mean, you go and and run and ride a bike and stuff to try to stay in shape. But sometimes the mental issues Mm -hmm. are, we talked about in Sunday school the other day, Mike Pickering has worked at H.E. Williams 47 years. Wow. Now, there's, you know, I don't want to work in a factory. I mean, yeah. I'm not belittling that. I think right. that's awesome that he's done that yeah. and that dedication and and stuff. I, you know, I don't want to do that, but he has stuck with that for 47 years.
0: So literally, so, right out of high school, then yeah, I mean, pretty much, pretty yeah. Much.
1: Jeez, and I think Rodney has been 30 some years with scribers, yeah. you know. So wow, so these guys that have have stayed with that but the difference is for like with your job as a pastor or me when I was a paramedic uh, for that 24 hour shift I had to think about that all the time you have to think about your pastoral role all the time when you when you have a factory job and again this is not belittling that no. but when, when you have a factory job when you go home at 3.30 you don't most, I would say, anyway, Mike can uh, call us and tell us different, but, but uh, you don't go home worried about the job. You clock out at 3.30 in the morning, and you're free, for, or 3.30 in the afternoon, I guess, but 3.30 mm-hmm. in the afternoon till 7 a.m. the next morning, you are free of that job. They're not calling you because you're an assembly line person, or what, they're not calling you for advice, or uh, you're not on call 24 hours a day. Most of them are not working a weekend, so... Uh, so anyway, there's, there is a certain amount of fatigue that's mental.
0: Um, high stress jobs. Right. Also high. Yeah. The stress of, right. I still love a pastor. I I literally think it's a good idea, but I'm sure if you pitched it to some people it'd sound really, but there was a pastor, he had served a church, wasn't like a large, I don't know if there's large church, but in Utah and he had been there for 20 some years, just solid church, great mm-hmm. pastor. Uh, you know, in the community, et cetera. But he credited that longevity to, he would take a month off every year Yeah, and he would, he would go, he got like a cabin just Mm -hmm. uh, nearby. I think there's a lake or something. I think that was bear lake or something. Anyway, he would go to that cabin for a month and just Mm -hmm. reset, recharge, refocus. And he, he really attributed that to just a time of resetting. And he's like, that's why I was able to endure all those years. Like if I didn't do it, Mm -hmm. I probably would have, after, the average after mm-hmm. three, four years, I probably would have said, "Okay, right. time for the next next one." But anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, subtle hint, no, just uh, my my uh, cottage in Arkansas, right, right. <laughs> the you in your mind, In your
1: mind. Well, let me. I just want to read this. This is uh, interesting because it's Charles Spurgeon. So it's it would be in our day thinking, you know, about the he, the more recent heroes, I guess, of mm-hmm. of the time Spurgeon would be one of those. And it says the times most favorable to fits of depression so far as I have experienced. So, in other words, right off the bat, he's saying, I have experienced times of depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we think, oh, pastors are, you know, the joy of the Lord's there. They don't struggle with depression, anxiety, you know, any of those kind of things. But he says, so far as I have experienced, maybe summed up in a brief catalog. First among them, I must mention the hour of great success, When at a last long cherished desire is fulfilled, when God has glorified greatly by our means and a great triumph achieved, then we are apt to faint. It might be imagined that amid special favors our soul would soar to the heights of ecstasy and rejoice with joy unspeakable, but is generally the reverse. The Lord seldom exposes his warriors to the perils of exultation over victory. He knows that few of them can endure such a test, and therefore dashes their cup with bitterness. Excess of joy or excitement must be paid for by subsequent depressions. While the trial lasts, the strength is equal to the emergency. But when it's over, natural weakness claims the right to show itself. Before any great achievement, some measure of the same depression is very usual. So, you know, that that idea of having all these great things uh, happen in your <laughs> life, and then comes the... The fit of depression, yeah,
0: or you know, it's just Jim Ayers uh, that was at our church this mm-hmm. last year. he Pastored a very large church, mm-hmm. borderline mega church. He's a baller and a shot caller and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. No, uh, just tremendous minister, and he had depre- depression, literal mm-hmm. depression, right? Uh, right. Medicinal treatment for it. I mean, yeah, because of ministry, you know, well, he, yeah. he battled through it, but yeah, and I've known that. But, and he's uh, great, you know, and that, that, that he's a great greater than I am. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I'm not going to name a name because I'm not that familiar with everything, but I do know a pastor of a large church that uh, struggled with that same thing, and the church helped him through that, and uh, you know, and things were good. I mean, it was a growing church, a, a phenomenal church, but he was he was struggling, and and he. Came through it. The church, you know, instead of saying, "Well, if you can't, you know, if you can't fulfill your pastoral duties, we need to find somebody else," which is yeah. unfortunately God. that's praise God for that church. What happens sometimes? Yes, but yep. uh, but instead they should say, "We're going to do everything we can to help you through this, and we, you're still our pastor." Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that all the time. But um, but you know, Moses did the same. That's the thing about it. We look at these guys. Moses did the same thing. After all he had seen and everything else, he was he was ready to
0: die. Uh, I think one other comment here is uh, not to take us off the tracks, hopefully. But I think there's just w- with and and not to just say a pastor because sometimes again, right? A lot of us aren't pastors of churches, and that doesn't make me special because I am right. one. But I would just say simply to the whatever God has called you to do, because mm-hmm. we all have one. We're all we all have a calling, an right. individual calling to participate in the kingdom work and. God's, mm-hmm. you know, ministry here on earth. Uh, th- but there is a weight to, to that. There's right. a weight to that, that you take on mm-hmm. and you should feel it. You should feel it. You yep. you know, not uh, hopefully, you know, Jesus said, come to me, uh, you know, let me mm-hmm. take it off you. But you, you should feel it. You should feel it's there. Huh. And there should be a sensitivity to that, to be like, wow, uh, what God has called me to do is great. And there mm-hmm. should be a feeling of like, I must accomplish this right. i must do this I, that should be there right. you know if it's not there uh you should you know let me go back to a basketball illustration it's like the la clippers who were supposed to win the championship this mm-hmm. year they interviewed one of their players after they lost and choked mm-hmm. <laughs> in the second round they're like well you know the goal wasn't really to win a championship this year uh-huh. and you know could you uh, you know when i heard that i was like wow no wonder you didn't right you know Someone like LeBron James, again, a, an example you and I will never be able to rate, relate to in that mm-hmm. context, but this weight to like, I have to, if I don't win the championship every year, right? people are going to talk bad about me. They're going to, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, bring it back to spiritually is that, you know, there should be this weight we have, we carry around with each, each day regarding what God has called us to do. And this, a little bit of this feeling that's like, wow, I got to, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that ultimately should then. Put us into trusting the Lord, relying on the Lord, right? Because we can't do it on our own, you know. So, Old Philippians four thirteen, with God, you know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. I can do all things with Christ, right? You know, Amplify says, but anyway, right?
1: Well, I've always said it'd be a whole lot easier. I mean, being a Christian is not easy Mm -mm. because our flesh. uh, I I loved. I think it was T.D. Jakes said at one time, your flesh doesn't get saved. You know, yeah. your your soul gets saved. Yep. Your flesh doesn't get saved. And so we still struggle with fleshly uh, desires and, and temptations and all of those things. So just to give in to those is the easy way. So fighting against the flesh is not easy. You know, I, I could get lazy, and it's like, you know, this is just too much trouble. It's too much trouble <laughs> to podcast. It's too much trouble to... You know, it'd be easier to get up in the morning with not thinking about, you know, I need to study, I need to, I need to read, or I need to pray, or the things that Christians do. I mean, I, I love the church, but there are a lot of people who love the weekend. They have two days mm-hmm. of, of the lake and, uh, you know, of doing whatever they want to do, and especially if you work in the church. Now, if you just show up sometimes, then it's pretty easy to, to go to church, but for those who are coming here, they're taking care of other people's children.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean,
1: you're studying to to preach a sermon. You're putting music together. You're you know, it's there is some labor to it. I mean, even though you may love it, there's still some labor to it. And mm-hmm. so, um, so anyway, I'll, we'll finish up here. But um, Moses had that fear. Jonah, you know, wanted to die. I mean. Paul talks about, he said he was despaired of life. I mean, it was like everybody, I think, has a breaking point <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And some go through and they don't appear to have any kind of struggle. You know, we've talked about Brother Graham on this podcast a lot. Brother Graham was pretty uh, peaceful, but I knew him. Not, I'm not saying I knew him better than anybody else, but I yeah. knew him in a different context sometimes. And I saw The heartache and Mm -hmm. the you know the hurt and stuff coming from him sometimes that he covered where people just thought brother (laughs) graham was just a man of peace right (laughs) who never struggled with anyone who never Mm -hmm. had a bad thought about anyone or whatever and it's not the truth because the stress of the job yeah is is so great and especially for uh people who want to i mean we all we can say all we want to i don't care what anybody thinks but that's not the truth (laughs) if it was you'd wear your old shabby clothes you'd never get your hair cut you'd be if you truly didn't care what people think you wouldn't you know when you did a sermon you just do whatever you want to you wouldn't think about Mm -hmm. what's going to benefit people what's where people at in their life what's the culture like right now i mean there's lots of pressures Mm -hmm. there that we do care and we should care what people think but but the fear comes from not thinking realistically or clearly. We have to consider the source. There are times that as a pastor, as a teacher, as a board member, whatever, you have to take things with a grain of salt or what we say consider the consider the source because there are people who might come to me and say, hey, I was just wondering about this or would it be better if we did such and so or whatever, and I might be you know, that's I, I never thought of that. That's that's a good idea, but then there are people who would come to me and it's like, why are you, why are you telling ta- you don't you're never at church, mm-hmm. you don't put money in, <laughs> you're not even a member of the church to take the responsibility of voting on, a, bu- a you know a huge building project or anything like that. I'm going to consider this the source. I, it, I wrote, uh, somebody said when a mule kicks you, you don't get mad, you just consider the source. I mean. You, you can get mad at the animal, but, hey, mules kick. Mm-hmm. So yep. you consider the source sometimes. But, and then his other problem was he separated himself from people who would strengthen him. I mean, he goes off by himself. He doesn't even take his servant. He says, I'm, you know, I need to be alone. Yeah. That's, and, I, and we all do. Yep. I mean, there's times I just, <laughs> I just need to be, just leave me alone yeah. for a minute. I, need, I just need to work this out. I don't need you to tell me how to solve my problem, you know, just leave me alone. I need some, uh, you know, not all, uh, this is a terrible thing to say probably, but not all (laughs) depression is bad. Because sometimes that depressed feeling will will draw you into a more intimate Mm -hmm. relationship with the Lord, instead of feeling all the pressure to, oh, I should be happy and I should be so (laughs) thrilled with my Christian life that little bit of depression sometimes will cause you to sit down, you know, uh, cry out to the Lord, Lord, this is just how I feel right now. Yeah. And sometimes I think he may not even say anything. He might be that friend that just sits, that just listens. You know, it's
0: that kind of, I don't know if you like that video or not Sunday night, that good, that concept Mm -hmm. of good. Mm -hmm. Are you depressed? Good. Yeah. Are you, are you struggling? Good. Are you, Mm -hmm. you know, because if, if you can, in the end, process that, you know, let God be the filter of those things, good will come out of it. So, you know, obviously if you're in depression and you have nowhere to go and, uh, you know, but obviously it may be if you're depressed, but then you let God begin to weave himself into that scenario, good can come out of that, you know, et cetera.
1: And And I don't, you know, we've talked about it on here before, but I don't make light of depression either because I'm talking about a depression uh, that might be good in the sense that it's a temporary I'm depressed about a situation and I just need the Lord to minister to me there are people who are clinically depressed yeah. mm-hmm. you were just talking about needing medication and therapy mm-hmm. and you know we don't we don't look at people's mental health because we just think we we are in control of our mental health so we think oh you shouldn't see a doctor you shouldn't see a psychiatrist you shouldn't you know have counseling and all those things you should just be Mm -hmm. happy and i was again i was raised in that culture you know i mean if if you heard somebody was taking a sleeping pill or an antidepressant (laughs) oh my goodness that was a that was a horrible thing but um and then we get caught in the backwash of a recent victory how can i top this this that was the greatest sermon i've ever heard that was you know and again that could feel (laughs) good somebody comes up to you man that is I've never thought of that that's the best sermon I've ever heard Mm -hmm. well now what are you going to do next week right Yeah. I mean uh, LeBron James that was a man that was an awesome moment you know and the confetti and the I hate to say it but the champagne and you know all the things that they do in that celebration
0: Jared and Raymond and I we got some of that uh, sparkling cider and just just sprayed it it all over ourselves Uh, I thought you guys were a little uh, (laughs)
1: sticky the other but anyway, the greatest miracle I've ever seen, the great war, greatest greatest mm-hmm. worship we ever had, you know, the greatest mm-hmm. revival I've ever seen, yeah. and how do you top that depression that that comes from the letdown of those things coming to an end? So. Speaking of coming to an end, we yep. probably should do that now. So,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. R.B. Maynard, verse by verse. We're now in a new chapter, Yeah, First Kings chapter 19. Read that and join us each and every week. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Watch us on Facebook Live. Uh, you can watch us on Grace Point Daily YouTube channel. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next time.